Welcome to To Grow Good, a place to spread joy, beauty, and goodness, to bear good fruit, a place where others can meet or be inspired to meet God. So get cozy, lean in, and listen close. Miracles are at work, and he wants to meet you too. Hi, friends, and happy Tuesday. I hope you're having a great week. It's um, June at the time that I'm recording this right now, and uh, it's just gorgeous out here. Um, It's absolutely beautiful. I'm uh, enjoying the warm weather. I hope you've been able to get outside as well. Um, Things are just starting to open up, so people are going to restaurants and sitting outside and it's starting to look like some sort of form of new normal. Um, Today, I'm so excited to bring you uh, the conversation that I had with David Patterson of Yes Catholic. Um, He's in youth ministry and he's doing amazing things um, where he's from, but he also has a channel on um, Instagram called Yes.Catholic, and it shares conversion stories and stories of people that um, found God in their own lives um, over Instagram Live and just on his Instagram profile. And we were able to connect through Instagram, which was awesome. His story is just absolutely incredible. Uh, the whole time I was pretty much speechless and just smiling the entire time because, wow, I just can't wait for you guys to hear this one. It's so, it's so incredible how the Lord works and, um, just watching how, uh, he worked in David's life and turned things that were darkness into, uh, light And not only light for David, but then light for so many others that now are blessed by his work and his yes um, in the world. So yeah, without any further further ado, um, here is the story of David Patterson. David, hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you are here. can you start us out by just introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you and where you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. So hello, everyone. My name is David Patterson. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Alexandra, and we have two little boys, Noah and Luke. And I currently work as a chaplaincy leader at a Catholic high school. Um, so that's definitely keeps me busy, but I've been working in youth ministry for about 10 years now. And wow. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. 10 years. Wow. Congrats. A decade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess let's start at the beginning. Um, would you mind just starting out with just a little bit of background on like how you grew up, um, and your background in the faith and, you know, I guess if you can remember a moment where you kind of realized that God might actually be, be real, there might be two something that this faith, um, you know, that you were brought up in, in the Catholic Mm -hmm. church. Yeah. So I was raised Catholic and my mom was a very faithful Catholic woman. She actually led the singing uh, at mass every single Sunday. And I was, uh, was an altar server. Uh, I was definitely really good at going through the motions of being Catholic. 
But I remember just having so many questions, you know, about like why we believe what we believe. And I remember I would go to the priest and I would just point at different things at the church and just be like, what's that? Like, why do like, what's with the incense, you know? And um, I just had so many questions that I felt just kept piling up. Uh, and we didn't have a youth ministry when I was a kid. And so I found that this definitely became roadblocks in my own faith. But I want to say that when I was young, like I definitely had a faith. Like I remember just being in my room when I was a little kid and I would just pray to God. And, you know, like I, even though I didn't know how to pray the rosary, I remember I would pick it up and just have this desire to want to learn to pray the rosary. Um, but just a lot of unanswered questions. And so when I was about six or seven years old, my parents um, actually divorced. And this was just such um, a really challenging time for me. My relationship with my dad um, was, was affected. And I had a lot of anger when I was at that age. And so when I got into grade nine, you know, I wanted to see, does anyone really believe in this Catholic church thing? You know, I went through the motions of receiving all the sacraments, but do other people believe other than just my mom, you know? And so I went into grade nine, I kind of watched people and I wouldn't say I was a stalker, but like I, I watched to see, does anyone really <laughs> believe in this Catholic church stuff? And to be honest, I didn't see too many people who did. Mm. So I kind of questioned, well, why should I? My dad remarried um, and he ended up buying a cottage north of, of where we lived. And that summer I was invited up to the cottage and it was there that I was offered alcohol and uh, marijuana for the very first time. And, you know, like I, I, I really wanted to be accepted and I, I really wanted to, uh, you know, fit in. And so I participated. I spent that entire summer uh, drinking and partying. And when I went back uh, to school in September, I walked up to my really good friend and I said, hey. And he goes, hey, how's, how, was, how was your summer? And I said, oh, it was off the wall. You know, at this point, I was really conceited because I had done all those things. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, you know, I smoked. I got drunk a lot. And he's like, you did? I was like, yeah, I did. And he looked at me and he said, you're a loser. And uh, he walked away. Later, I learned that his older sister got involved in drugs and it almost destroyed their family. And so he wanted nothing to do with that scene. And so I started hanging out with all the people that would do those things. And I started getting a reputation at high school, you know, like, oh, if you've been to Patterson's Cottage, like it's off the wall, there's no rules and whatnot. And it was around this time that I kind of told my mom, you know, I know you're into this Catholic church stuff. Uh, I, we went for a drive one night and I said to her, like, mom, this isn't for me, the Catholic church. Like, I don't think it's relevant. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, we can go talk to a priest, like we can work through this. I said, mom, no, I'm done. And it breaks my heart. But that night I actually said to her, mom, Jesus is not my savior. And I know it broke her heart. Like I know she definitely broke down. Uh, it breaks my heart even sharing it now because, um, but that was, that was where I was at. And so um, I spent a lot of my weekends partying, but when grade 12 hit, you know, I wanted to continue my education, but I really loved my identity being the party guy at the cottage. And so uh, there was a university actually 20 minutes from my cottage. And so I was like, sweet great. You know, I can still keep my cottage identity, but I can get my education on. Right. And so I entered Trent university in the business program, but the first uh, week that I was there at university, um, we, the partying just was off the wall, you know, rather than just partying on Fridays and Saturdays, I found myself going out Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. And what was weird is my friends always wanted to go to the club called Sin City on Sundays. 
And at this wow. point, I was not going to church at all, right? Um, but I remember having this thought in my heart, like, okay, I know I'm not going to mass anymore. And I know I'm not going to church, but going to Sin City on a Sunday, like that's taking things to a whole nother <laughs> level, you know? Yeah. And uh, I would just tell that little voice in my heart, though. I was like, shut up. And I would go. You know, like even though I was having this internal conflict, I just, I just mm. shut it up and went on my merry way. Um, and so, you know, at university, I started um, getting VIP passes because I was really good at promoting clubs. You know, I was, I was the party guy, right? Constantly going out with my friends. Um, but all through this time of being away at university, my mom never gave up on me. She was actually praying for me constantly. Mm-hmm. And she was actually going to every prayer warrior that she knew and was saying, can you please pray for my son? He's so lost. And uh, in my third year of university, she called me because she found out about a retreat for university students called Sunfest, S-O-N, as a son of God, right? And she calls me and she says, David, you know, there's this retreat, Catholic retreat, you should go. And I was like, Catholic retreat? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Yeah, you're like, no thanks, mom. Yeah, yeah, right? I was like, (laughs) I don't believe half of what the Catholic Church believes. Come on. But she kept bugging me day after day after day. Even though I was hesitant, she just kept bugging me. And I finally answered the phone. I was like, mom, if you stop bugging me, I'll go. She's like, okay. You know, she's so happy, right? (sighs) And so we're on our way to this retreat. And I was angry. Like, I don't know where the anger came from, but I was just so mad. And my friends found out that Mm. I was going. And so my phone started ringing off the hook I started getting so many text messages saying like why are you going this weird Catholic retreat like I'll come pick you up let's go get drunk right and I was like I was fighting with my mom in the parking lot I was yelling at her she was crying in the midst of this chaos my mom all of a sudden got this strength that came over her and she said David you know exactly who doesn't want you here I was like what are you talking about and she said the devil the devil wants you dead And I had not heard about that in a really long time, uh, but it stopped me right in my tracks. And right when she said that to me, I felt a tap on my shoulder. I turned around and it was a Catholic priest wearing a cowboy hat. No way. Yeah. (laughs) And he goes, hey. The cowboy hat? Cowboy hat. And he goes, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, not good. And he's like, Mm. why? And I don't remember in detail what he said to me, but he talked me completely down. And I remember specifically that he loved me, even though I was being a conceited prick in that moment. And at the end of our conversation, he squared me up, looked me right in the eyes and said, you know what, son, I think you should stay. And I looked at him and I kind of said, okay, I'll stay. And so I pitched my tent because that's what you did at this Sunfest retreat. Everybody had their, had their tents pitched. Um, and the very first talk was uh, by Joe Ferris. And he's from the United States. And he started saying that God doesn't care about your mess. doesn't care about your shame and your brokenness. A simple yes to Jesus Christ can change your life forever. And, you know, I had all those questions about the church. And so I'm kind of like, okay, Joe, I hear what you're saying about this yes thing, but I've got my questions, you know? And so I was kind of thinking in my heart, like, why do Catholics worship Mary? You know, and I know that Catholics don't worship Mary, but that was a thought that I had. And so in the middle of his conversation, he just stops. He goes, guys, we've got to talk about something. You know how they say Catholics worship Mary? And I was kind of like, Stop. Hey, he just read my brain, right? <laughs> and, and he explained how we don't. And then I was like, okay, that was, that was pretty good. Well, why do Catholics worship statues? And then he goes, oh, and you know how they say Catholics worship statues oh and explain gosh. how we don't. And I'm like, I'm freaking out. Like, this is, this is just 
craziness, you know, and he said, August 15th, 2009 today, you have the opportunity to be free. Run to the sacrament of reconciliation. You can be free today. You don't have to carry the chains you've been carrying anymore. You know, it's, it's crazy because when he said that to me, it hit right to my core because with all my being, I knew I wasn't free, but I wanted to be, mm. you know, and, and I had completely put up so many masks, just trying to hide the brokenness of just this little boy who just wanted to be loved and from my brokenness of the divorce. And so what's crazy too, is that two weeks before this retreat, I was at a club and I went up to one of my buddies and I said, Hey, can we have a conversation? He said, yeah, what's up? And I said, I get headaches when I don't drink. What is that? Mm. And he said, yeah, man, you got the fangs of the wolf. Have another drink. You'll feel better. Um, it was around that point that I had completely hit rock bottom. Wow. It's interesting how when you hit rock bottom, the only place you can start looking is up. And so I'm at this retreat and he said, go to confession and say your yes to Jesus. And so I ran to confession and I sat with the priest and I feel bad for the priest because he was newly ordained to the priesthood. He was a baby <laughs> priest, right? And I sat down and I said, we're going to be here a really long time. And he's like, okay, let's go. And I just started unloading years and years of sins. I just wanted to be free of everything. And after I was done saying everything I could think of, I actually said to him, I was like, can you like name more sins? So I'm covering my bases. Here, right? <laughs> and he just started naming things out. He's like, okay, did you do this? And I was like, that's a sin. He goes, yep. And I'm like, hey, at it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, hey. but as I unloaded, you know, I just felt lighter, a little lighter. And when he gave me absolution, I felt free. Mm. I felt changed. The best way I explain it is like, I had been carrying a backpack full of bricks for so many years. And somebody just took it off my back and said, you don't have to carry it anymore. Wow. And, and that evening was Eucharistic adoration. And that was my first ever experience of Eucharistic adoration. I was raised Catholic my entire life. Um, but I was kneeling very close to Joe Ferris, who was the Catholic speaker of the weekend, the one who said, say your yes. And I just remember seeing the way that he looked at Jesus in the Eucharist. And I, it was just a divine gift of faith. Just all of my being, I knew that it was God that God was in our midst, that he was there. And, you know, all that baggage that was emptied out of me through the sacrament of confession, God just filled me with his peace and his love and his joy. And I can't even begin to explain just how free I felt, um, just how changed. Uh, and Joe, the next day, said, if you did say your yes to picking up your cross and following Jesus, go on some kind of social media and just write August 15th. 2009 yes as the day you decided to, to completely come home and so I did but wow. the thing is like I was so scared to go back to university yeah because I knew I needed to change and so I went back and uh they're like what are you saying yes to when they saw my post and I'm like I can't I can't face that right now <laughs> you know yeah. but uh I started going to mass by myself every single week and I like to say that the addictions were were gone after that weekend, but it was a journey. You know, every time I fell flat on my face, I just kept getting back up and I would go to the priest and say, I got drunk again, you know? And he's like, why can't you just have a pop? Like we'd have these debates in the confessional. You know, I'm like, that's not cool, man. I used to swear, like I say the F word every five seconds. Mm. He's like, why can't you just say shiitake mushrooms? Like, <laughs> shiitake mushrooms. That's not cool, you know? But I just kept showing up and believing God. Like, I believe you can heal mm. me. I believe you can set me free and within six months of going to the sacrament of reconciliation, going to mass. 
God broke those chains in my life. I have not been drunk since like God, God healed me of that. Um, And it was around that time as well that I said to God, I said, God, like you got to send me a brother, Mm. a brother in Christ. That's going to encourage me and lift me up. And like two weeks later, after I met, made that prayer, I met my good friend Preston and he was just such a, a disciple of God, you know, and, and he would actually go to parties with me to just not get drunk. And he just constantly spoke truth into me. He would tell me I was good. And what's crazy is like, I didn't believe him, but he just kept speaking truth into my heart. Um, And I can't begin to explain how much that helped me. But six months down the road, my mom invited me to another retreat. And, you know, I was graduating from university. I was in my fourth year. And so I'm at this retreat, downtown Toronto. It's about 5,000 Catholics there um, just praying to God. And there was a Eucharist procession and I was on my knees and I was just constantly saying yes to God like God I give you I give you my yes like if you want me to be a missionary I say yes to you like whatever you want I give you my yes and when I was praying I had this image in my mind of the basement of my old church growing up in Bowmanville Ontario and it was filled with teenagers just praising God they had their hands held high and I had no idea what it meant no idea but my mom took me to that old church that I grew up in the next day. And I went to the priest. I was bold. And I was like, hey, can we talk? And he said, yeah, what's going on? And I said, I, when I was praying at that retreat yesterday, I had this image of tons of teens praising God. And he looked at me and he's like, hey, that's crazy. And I said, why? And he said, because yesterday when you were at that retreat, we had a meeting talking about looking for a full-time Catholic youth minister. I think you could be him. And I looked at him and I was like, whoa, buddy. Like, if you knew where I've been, if you knew what I have done, you would not be asking me to be this Catholic youth minister. And what's funny is I said to him, I said, I can't speak in front of people. I don't have that gift. And he said to me, he said, pray about it. So I I, I did. Um, And I really felt like the Lord was calling me to start youth ministry. And so that September, I moved back home. And I, I started the very first youth group at the parish and I made a poster board that said St. Joseph's youth and teens came out to me. It's really pathetic, but they came out to me and they said, what's going on? I said, Oh, we're going to start a youth group. And they're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I have no idea, but it's going to be fun. Come on out. Right. And uh, first week we had seven and a month we had, we had 50 coming out every <laughs> single week. And I oh, took them I to it. that. I took them to that retreat um, where, where I had that image and a lot of the teens were agnostic and, and not really sure if they really believed in God. But uh, when they were at this retreat, a lot of them really gave them their yes to God as well. And it was just so incredible. Um, like we're on the bus ride home. And I went up to, to one of the students. I said, what was your favorite part? And she said, the moment I said yes to Jesus. And she was just crying tears of joy, you know. Mm. And they became leaders. Uh, we started Life Team. And then they, they said, we got to start a program for for the elementary school, middle school kids. And so we started Edge and very first night we had 50 show up. Um, and, And it was just incredible how God was moving through all that. Today's episode is brought to you by Catholic Match. Are you feeling called to marriage but struggling to meet others who are striving for sainthood? Well, my friends, there is a solution for you. Welcome to Catholic Match, the largest faith-focused dating app designed for single Catholics. 
Unlike other dating sites, Catholic Match primarily strives to help singles connect for the purpose of sacramental marriage through direct message, video chat, and more. And not only that, it also provides a place to make new friends in the faith because, let's be honest, these days it's harder than ever to cultivate intimate Catholic community. Create your Catholic love story. Visit catholicmatch.com slash good to create your free Catholic Match account and start meeting fellow-minded Catholics today. Do you believe in the power of conversion stories? Has this show moved you in some way? Join the Branches of the Vine community of supporters. You will be making this show happen and you'll be helping it grow and expand into new avenues to reach even more souls. Visit togrowgood.com support to join for as little as $3 a month. This link is also a live link in today's episode description. If you just scroll down, you'll be able to click right there to join us. As a gift back to you, you will gain access to an underground bonus podcast. That's right, a collection of monthly episodes on a series of different topics that stir my heart, in addition to behind-the-scenes updates on where he's leading this ministry and more. You are the light of the world. Thank you so much for supporting me in this mission and stepping out on the water to wherever he calls me next. Let's see where this goes. And, and we decided that we would take a group of kids to a Catholic camp called Edge Camp. Uh, and it was there that my life changed forever because I met a camp counselor. And her name was Alexandra. I'm sure you know where hmm. this is going. Uh, and she was absolutely beautiful. And I really felt called uh, to ask her to go on a date after camp. And so we, we met uh, for coffee and we talked for hours. And then a couple of weeks later, we decided, like, let's start a relationship. And I said to her, I said, you know, I don't really know what it means to be in a Christian relationship. And we just pray that God would be the center. And so we just took hands, we bowed our heads, and we just said, Father, we just pray that you bless this relationship. We pray that you be the center of everything that we do. And we dated for months and months. And then in August, we were invited to a wedding. And it was at this wedding that on the way home, we got in this conversation, like, are we called to marriage? And so my mom always prayed novenas. And I said, <laughs> why don't we pray a novena to see if we're called to the sacrament of marriage? And as we started praying that novena, she agreed. We started praying the novena on my heart that entire week was like, propose, propose, propose. You know, I felt crazy, but I was over at my buddy's house and we were just doing construction in his basement. And then he finally just brings Alexandra up and he goes, hey, how's Alex? And I'm like, she's good. You know, she's fine. Right. And finally he calls me out. He said, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, what do you want to ask me? Like, do you love her? I said, do you love her? And I said, yeah, of course I do. I said, what are you waiting for, man? I said, well, to be honest, I was thinking about proposing on Thursday. I don't even know where Thursday came from, but we had this bro moment where it was like Thursday it is. And so we planned how we get the ring, how we get the dad's permission. Um, got all that done the next day. And it was the night before Thursday. I called her and uh, she said, hey, I'm really looking forward to our date on Thursday. But I was just thinking uh, tomorrow's the ninth day to see if we're called to marriage. And I immediately felt like the presence of God go through me. And I was like, no way. Like, I did not plan that, you know? Wow. And uh, she said, yeah, we went to the wedding on this day. She said, tomorrow is the ninth day to see if we're called to marriage, which was, you know, the day I was going to propose <laughs> to her. And so we started the morning off with mass at the church that I was working. And I really needed the day off work. So I went into the sacristy, left her in the pew. And I said, Father, I need the day off. I'm going to propose to her. And he's like, he was just ecstatic, so happy, you know? It was so funny because at mass, he was just trying to contain his joy 
but he couldn't, you know, like it was, it was just so funny how he, uh-huh. was, how he was acting, but uh, we ended up road tripping up to the spot overlooking the lake. Um, and it was there that I got down on my knee and I proposed and she said, yes, thank you, Jesus. She said, yes. <laughs> and we actually finished the ninth, the nine day novena prayer um, on that spot overlooking the lake. It was, it was like a jumping rock. It was really beautiful. Um, and when, you know, we went and we celebrated with family and friends and I dropped her off at home and I went home and I went down on my knees in just total thanksgiving to God. Mm-hmm. You know, like God, you have set me free from my the chains in my life. You have loved me. And now you give me a beautiful bride. You know, and I was just, I was just so thankful to God for the ways that he had moved. And on my heart, he just said, there's something else significant to today. And I thought, no way. And so I went on my Facebook and I started backtracking that timeline reel, you know, and I'm like, August 15th. And there it was, August 15th, 2009. Yes. The day I decided oh to gosh. pick up my cross and follow Christ, that I was never going to turn back, that I was going to wow. follow. August 15th, 2013 was the day that I got down on my knee and I proposed and she said, what the heck? Oh my gosh. This no. story is incredible. <laughs> I mean, wow, wow, wow. I have so many. Before you keep going, because yeah, that was probably the beginning of, yeah, right? Like the rest, the last 10 years, right? And yeah, so before we dive into that, my gosh, I need to just like back up a second. And wow, he showed up in such a big way for you. Just completely flipped your life on its head. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for I, you, you know, and I yeah. was such a mess. Uh, but he really just took the mess and turned it into a message. Thanks be to God. Because I was oblivious going through it, truthfully. But I just, every day, my, my simple prayer was, Jesus, I give you my yes. Use me for your glory. Yeah. You know so there I mean? was something in that, on that retreat, obviously, you encountered him in a real, in a real, real way. I just can't believe that that priest that convinced you to stay. And it's so interesting to me that you can't even really remember that conversation. I mean, that's such a pivotal moment in your well, life what, what i remember so clearly um my grandfather was such a father figure to me and he played country music mm. and when the priest showed up and was wearing that cowboy hat um it's just so funny how god is in the details because um my grandfather just showed me what a father was all about yeah and so it got my attention Wow. Wow. And then for you to go on this retreat, I mean, first of all, your mom must have been so happy after that. She was dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I love it though, too, like how your mom just didn't give up, you know, and she was praying the whole time. She believed and she knew, she knew what was in you and what the Lord had in store for you. And I think that that's so uplifting i'm sure for a lot of moms you know that 
are going through that now just to never give up because the Lord's working in everything all the time. Even what you're saying, those little hints of things like on Sunday when you would notice you're going to Sin City, that's the Holy Spirit starting to work, right? Like that is, that is like starting to get through, even if it's just little hints of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are the times where, you know, I'm sure to someone like your mom or somebody outside the situation, they probably think, you know, there's no, you know, use, it's all, the hope is gone or whatever. But then it's like in the inside of your heart, you have these little inklings, these little thoughts that are going on, even if people can't, can't see that from the outside. And so I think I love how you describe that. Um, Would you mind sharing just like what, and this could go into your work in the last 10 years in ministry, but what some of your greatest challenges have been in cultivating this relationship with him and what have been some of your greatest joys? I mean, man, we've covered a lot of joys, but. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think just wrestling with the fact that I'm still so broken Mm -hmm. um, and and in my mess, you know, because I'm still a broken human being. I still fall flat on my face in sin and just really wrestling with the fact that he still loves me in the midst of my mess. Um, And just allowing him to speak that into my heart on a daily basis, I can find, I find myself kind of stubborn, you know, in the, in the fact of like, when I fall, I'm like, Oh, I can't, I can't go to him right now, which is Mm -hmm. so far from the truth. You know, the enemy tries to whisper lies into my heart saying, you know, you're a failure, you're a fraud. Why are you even in ministry? You know, but it's in those moments that, that God speaks and says, you're mine, you know, that you're loved, that he will take all of the ashes and turn it into something very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I think just continuously trying to remember that he's still working and he is still going to take all of the mess even the mess of today and use it for his glory. Mm. Um, but the challenge is, is very much just how can you love such a sinner like me? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's real. I think it's like, it's especially, it's almost like the more you feel his love, the more unworthy you feel in return, you know, cause it's kind of like what, Okay, it's like you know he's real, and then it's like you feel his love, and then it's like, wait a second, that means that everything I've ever done is also real, you know? <laughs> like, man, man, Lord, like, um, yeah, I'm just so sorry, you know. But but then, right? Then you then you just feel his love again. And it's like, no, no, he just wants to, he just wants to love you. Um, but that's what's so beautiful about, yeah, the church and all the sacraments. I love how much the sacraments played such a role in your story too. Just how it's, it's so crazy. I was telling somebody else this, but like so many stories have confession and adoration, like confession and adoration in that order. Like, it's like this, like you meet them, you have this, you want it, you have this overwhelming need to like go to confession and get the healing and then just to meet him like face to face without any, it's any so of the barriers. Yeah. And it's so beautiful how it worked for you too. But 
So what have been some of your standout influences on your journey? Um, I know you mentioned the, the retreat that you went on was obviously huge um, and, and the sacraments have been huge. Um, yeah. But were there any like books that you've read or podcasts or um, speakers or anything like that that um, helps you on your journey in cultivating this relationship and then growing deeper in your faith? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... <laughs> So many, so many amazing books. Um, but if I need to touch on a number, I would say the diary of sister Faustina was just so powerful. Mm-hmm. It took me like a year to read through that diary. Um, but it really just helped my spiritual life. Um, and then St. John Paul, the great by Jason ever, uh, is just such a powerful book on St. John Paul II and the way that he would pray, he would actually, uh, lie prostrate before the tabernacle for hours. And it really inspired me actually in ministry to do the exact same thing, to actually go and kneel as close as I can to the tabernacle and just spend time. Just like, you know, Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to him speak. I was inspired to just do the same. And I really have to say that all of the brilliant ideas that have come from ministry came from that moment of kneeling before Jesus Christ. Um, that's where, that's where, um, you receive so much life and healing. It's Jesus, you know, and it's just so powerful as far as podcasts go. I would say Dr. Scott Hahn, the road to Emmaus. I've been listening Mm. to his podcasts and they have been just so powerful. And then the art of Catholic by Matthew Leonard, uh, he, his podcasts are absolutely brilliant. And I listen to them all the time on my way to work and, um, it was really cool. I actually got to meet him at a conference just a couple of months ago. And he is just so on fire for the Lord. Um, and he's just doing really great things. He actually has a four-part series on the science to sainthood. Um, and I just watched it actually the other day. And it's really, really good. Just about going from meditation to contemplation, where we we're able to receive the love of the Father. Um, and so I highly recommend those resources for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Those sound awesome. That's great. Um, and we didn't even talk about yet, but, uh, yes, Catholic, how did that get started? And that's, so that's on Instagram, right? Yes. Got Catholic. Yeah. Can you share just like how that came about? (laughs) Yeah. So I, I actually went on a retreat. So as I said, I currently work at a Catholic high school and there are the Salesian retreats where six high schools, Catholic high schools get together for three days where we run a three-day retreat at the St. Francis Center up in Caledon. And when I went on this retreat, I was actually, so I was going to be gone Wednesday, Thursday, Friday on the Salesian retreat. And then I was giving a talk on Saturday at the Scotiabank Convention Center. And so I get there on the retreat and there was a team there that was just so angry. He was really, really mad. And you could tell he didn't want to be there. Um, but as I was preparing for my talk that was happening on Saturday, I was working on preparing a talk about this young teen that was part of the youth group eight years ago. And basically when I was going to church before I left, I was reading at mass and I read with this girl, her name was Megan. She actually, when I was at university, I found out that she was in a tragic car accident and she died. And it really just affected the church community. Um, but fast forward, I'm, I'm running life team at the parish in Bowmanville and this teen walks in. Matthew. And Matthew basically was really quiet, reserved, barely talked, barely said like five words to me. 
but I invited him to go on a, a net ministries retreat. And he said, oh, I can't go because my, you know, I've got lacrosse practice. I got football practice. And I said, oh, okay. But I sent a last call email the day before. I said, last call retreat. Hope you can come. And what I didn't know his mom later told me was that right before I sent that last call email, she got an email saying lacrosse practice canceled. Football practice canceled. A minute later, my email came in last call retreat. So he, she says, do you want to go? And she said, he said, you know what? I got nothing else to do. Yeah, I'll go. And so we're at this retreat and the entire weekend was about the father's love. Now there's nothing you can do that will make him love you less. And at the end of the retreat, uh, they basically said, if you want to say anything that stood out to you, come up to the front and share. And to my surprise, Matthew gets up and heads to the mic <laughs> to speak in front of 50 teens. And I'm thinking, you barely uttered like five words to me. You're going to talk in front of 50 teens now? Like, what is this? You know? <laughs> and he said, when I was 10 years old, my sister was in a tragic car accident. Mm -hmm. And it hit me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Megan. And he said, and I locked myself in my room for so many years mm -hmm. because I was just so angry and I just wanted to numb the pain. But he said, today, I finally know that God loves me. And he said, I feel like my heart is starting to beat again for the very first time. Uh, and man, tears were flowing from my eyes and what an incredible uh, witness. But he actually became a, a leader in ministry. I just talked on the phone with him the other day. Just incredible. Wow incredible man but I'm at this Salesian retreat and that teen who didn't want to be there this is just this year but he didn't want to be there I said let's have a man-to-man -man talk tonight you know when, when all the activities are done let's just talk for a little bit and I felt called to share that story with him because I was going to be sharing it at the retreat and so I said listen I don't know what your story is but I just feel called to share this and so I went through exactly what I shared and at the end I finally said to him I said so why are you so angry and he said, wow, I can't believe you just said that to me. And I said, why? And he said, because when I was 10 years old, my sister died. And I'm so angry at God. Mm. I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, like, how would I have known that? Right. But the next day, there was confession. And uh, he was so inspired by the sharing of that story that he called me. And he said, can you pray with me that I will make my peace with God? And I just said a quick prayer. And then the confessional door opened. He looked at me. He's like, I'm going in. You know? And I was like, yeah, buddy. And he walked in. The confessional came out. And he's like, I made my peace with God. Wow. I asked with his permission if I could share that story that weekend. Um, and after my talk, a man walked up to me and he was crying. And he said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I said, why? And he said, because my, my brother um, died when I was about 18 years old. He said, I, I held that anger to God for so many years. And today was the first day that I went to confession and I made my peace. And he was crying, this grown man. Um, wow. and, and it just hit me like the ripple effect of story. You know, like one person's mm -hmm. encounter with the Lord, how that just the ripple effect of the gospel, how that transformed so many other people. And so I was telling people very close to me, I was saying, I feel like God's going to have me start a ministry. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I have no idea, you know, <laughs> but I was driving after that retreat uh, to work. And I was just saying my daily. Yes. I was like, God, I say, I say my yes to you. Use me. Right. 
and then yes, Catholic kid. Mm. I was like, Oh, I like it. You know? (laughs) (laughs) And then the next day, um, I was driving again. I was saying my yes. And then real people, real stories, all grace just hit me. And I actually said out loud to God in my car, I said, okay, that's good. I'm like, he's a really good marketer. I'm like, I am not that good. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And and what I didn't realize until actually a couple of days ago, I went back in my voice recordings. So I actually recorded on my phone, real people, real stories, all grace. That was December 12th, the feast of our lady of Guadalupe. Mm. Come on. Like this is, this is wow. Wow. And so I made the very first post uh, on Instagram, started Yes Catholic, and I made the very first post. It was an open book, and it said, are you ready to share your story? When I scrolled up after I made the post, there was a post by the Archdiocese of Toronto on the Immaculate Conception of Mary, and it said, why do we celebrate the Immaculate Conception of Mary? Because Mary said her first yes to Jesus. Ah, yes. Catholic. I was like, okay, God, I get it. You know, and so hmm. we launched uh, in January 2020, and now we currently have guests booked every single week sharing their story on Instagram Live uh, until April 2021, <laughs> which is just crazy. We've got people from the U.S., Canada, and now in Ireland actually um, wow. who will be sharing their story on Yes Catholic, and it's it's just really humbling to be part of it. You know, and I'm, I'm getting messages like I just I just told you, like I got a message from a guy who said, you know, I think I might be called to the Catholic Church. Can you please pray for me? And so it's just amazing to, to watch God move in people's lives through the power of story. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So cool. And that's how we met. I that's mean, met. and yeah. it's crazy. I mean, it's just so he's definitely doing. I mean, he's always doing something right. But like, I can just I don't know. I just feel it. <laughs> like, I feel like there's something going on that's big. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, our stories are so powerful. I mean, even just, yeah, once you've lived your own, it's amazing to, to reflect on like we are tonight with yours. And then also just to hear how he works and everybody, like just all the different backgrounds and all over the world and, and showing up in these huge ways. It's just, it's crazy. And it, and like we were saying, it feels so personal, like, so like just for you, you know, it was like he's just for David. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the, in the details yeah. to the point where sometimes you can feel like, am I the only one out here feeling this like itch to like go to mass? You know what I mean? But it's like, no, this is like, this is a huge thing that's happening like all over the world and has happened for, you know, centuries, which is so cool about the faith. Um, once you do get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So the last question I'm hoping to ask, uh, everyone that comes on at the end is, can you share with us one scripture verse that is either speaking to you recently or that played a foundational role to your journey in the faith and why? Absolutely. I would say, Recently, it's been Isaiah 41 10, mm. which is fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Uh, I recently heard St. Catherine of Siena said that God is closer to us than fish is to water. Mm. And just that awareness 
that God is with us at every moment, that he is carrying us through the storms, that, that he's got this, you know? And it's, it's really like when I enter into prayer, I'm actually entering into my awareness of the fact that God's presence is already, he's omnipresent. He is here in this room right now. You know, he's, it's that promise, behold, I'm with you always until the end of the age. He has never left us. He has never forsaken us. He is, he is journeying with us. And, mm-hmm. and what an incredible gift to know that in this life. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, yeah, it's so, it can be easy to forget that. Um, even after, I mean, we, 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 we seriously like have some serious spiritual amnesia. I think <laughs> it's like, he'll do all those amazing things. And then like, you know, a week will go by you're like, Lord, where are you? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but I love, yeah. Just reflecting on scripture. Um, especially scripture where it's just so clear and he repeats it over and over and over in so many different ways from the old Testament all the way through um, just how he's always with us and that he, he, he cannot ever be apart from us. You know, his love for us um, is palpable. So absolutely, thank you so much for coming on, David. This has been incredible. I can't believe just the Holy Spirit's so alive. Um, all over your life and everything that you're doing and it's inspiring. And it's, I just love to hear these stories, especially, you know, in Canada, which we were also joking. I'm like, I don't know what the Lord is doing with this podcast in Canada, but he wants it to be in Canada. So Absolutely. Uh, clearly there's a lot going on up there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. He's, uh, he's raising up a generation of saints. I really believe that. Yes. Amen. Well, thank you so much again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you so much for growing some good with us today. Visit us at togrowgood.com slash podcast to find links to everything we mentioned in today's conversation. If you enjoyed today's conversation, would you please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or on whatever app you're listening from? Reviews help podcasts to show up higher in search results so that more people can find these incredible stories of the Lord at work. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend, a family member, or a coworker who might enjoy the conversation as well. Find us on Instagram at to grow good. See you next week.